All right, y'all, welcome to another episode of the Good News Cast. Special episode today. Um, we've got my buddy, pastor friend Michael Vichy, uh, with us. Uh, he goes by Vichy. Yeah. Not Vicey. No. Um, do you still get the Vicey thing? Oh, all the time. Okay. Or Vicey's probably the... the uh, yeah. I think very early on, very early on yeah. in knowing you, we went to Baylor together. Uh, your dad was in town. I think I was like, hey, Mr. Vicey. And he very quickly yeah. was like, Vichy. I, yeah, I never correct anyone. Yeah, yeah. very quickly. Your dad yeah. was like, Vichy. You know? yeah. But it wasn't like, a, I'm mad at you. It was more like, I'm trying to help you. And yeah. I, was, I appreciate it. So, um, uh, Vichy is the pastor at Grace Hewitt, which is like five minutes from us, from Redeemer, um, and been a pastor there for years. I'll let him tell the quick story of starting that church um, and that sort of thing. And then today, we're, what we're going to discuss and talk about is being young pastors. Both of us are young pastors. Um, and, and in particular, not talking from the viewpoint of as though we're trying to talk to other fellow pastors, but more hopefully share some things about our journey as pastors and particularly being younger pastors and, and hopefully how it might be helpful to listen in on that conversation as a church member. So that's kind of how we're going to try to gear it. Most of our listeners are, are just, you know, your average churchgoers. So, um, Vichy, uh, who are you? And tell us about, tell me about, uh, planting, uh, Grace Hewitt, not all the ins and outs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But when did you start the, uh, Grace Hewitt? What year? Uh, that sort of thing. Cool. Yeah. So, um, I'm Michael Vichy and I helped plant Grace Hewitt in 2018. Um, August of 18. So this August will be five years. Shoot. Um, and so I was... Almost half the time spent in COVID. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, well, we were closed for like 12 weeks. And then, yeah. Um, but we... Yeah, we, I'm 31 now. And so we planted that when I was 26. Um, and that was why I was like... I think I had my seminary degree like for six months and um i think we were married for barely a year had no kids yet still had hair um and it wasn't gray (laughs) it hadn't fallen out yet so um but yeah it it was it was an old church called stonegate community church and um they basically had to close their doors and so they said do you want our building so we said sure so about 30 of us came from another church in town called grace waco and uh we opened there and we've just been doing faithful ministry ever since trucking along yeah. how long was stonegate a church do you know about 20 years okay yeah. 20 years gave you the building uh-huh. did, did any of them stick around yeah three of their elder three of their like five elders i think stuck around are, their senior pastor retired and they yeah. just became our became member are of any church. of their people still with mm-hmm. y'all today mm-hmm. basically the people that stuck around at the beginning they all stayed okay. um, a few have gone on to one or two has gone on to be with the Lord, but um, everyone else is still with us. Okay, cool. Plant it when you were 26. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll get into some of that and your feelings <laughs> yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's talk about this. So first question, what, um, what is my first question actually? A role as a pastor. Oh yeah. What do you see as your most important role as a pastor today? I think this is helpful for church uh-huh. members because uh-huh. 
in general, I think if a pastor goes, hey, here's what I think my most important function and role is, I think that can also speak to, okay, this is probably one of the most important reasons that I should even go to church in the mm-hmm. first place. Um, but also I'll add this too. What, what do you see as your most important role as a pastor? But then also has that view changed? Mm-hmm. Um, did you start out thinking this is my most important role and then that has shifted or did you kind of start on that track? Yeah. Um, so when, when we think about our most important role as a pastor, I think first kind of stepping back and going, well, obviously our first important role is being a Christian and following the Lord. And then second, I'm a husband. Mm-hmm. And then third, I'm a father to my two kids. And so I, like I joke with our church, I'm like, you guys are, you guys are number five in my, you're, there's a, 60 whatever way however many members we have 67 way tie for number five mm-hmm. on my priority list um but i think it's helpful for our church to then know um like that michelle my wife and my two kids come before them mm-hmm. and they're very like i'm just very clear with that but as far as in the church and what i do um i think my just distilling down like what an elder or pastor does is we we pray and and we do ministry of the word which I think is, is, you know, basically teaching and caring, mm-hmm. um, whether that's discipleship or, um, you know, just being with people in their homes or spending time with them or, you know, baptizing their kids or um, bringing them meals, like whatever. I mean, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, marriage advice, I no idea. Um, but I think, and, and on that, I think some people can fall one of, like church members can, overemphasize one or the other they either think well your main job is to preach mm-hmm. and they don't think we're there to care and so they always feel like they're burdening us whenever they reach out to us um like oh hey pastor sorry to bother you i'm mm-hmm. like dude this is literally like what i get paid to do mm-hmm. uh i mean the lord's called me to this but i'm also like i don't have another job keeping me from caring for you um or people just thinking i'm only care and and not teaching and then not like allowing me to give myself mm-hmm. to the word. And so, um, I mean, that's not a common thing, but I think those are two ways people could err on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think that's a helpful thing for to remind our church members of, hey, I'm here to study the word and to care for you. Um, mm-hmm. All of that, obviously, saturated in prayer. So it makes me think uh, New Testament, multiple calls to to church, to people in the church to follow the example of their pastors um, something of one verse in Hebrews, to, uh, w- one with Paul to Timothy set in, set in an example for the church. So kind of translating this to, um, and this is, this is kind of on the fly. We didn't really script this yeah. out, but on the, um, translating this to, to church members. I think that, that a lot of times when, when churchgoers, at least for me, uh, my knee jerk, like when I think about going to church, like, why do I go to church? Why am I a member at a church? Honestly, I wonder if a lot of church members watching the example of their pastors might be low on their list, you know, like high on their list can be, does he preach good sermons? And, you know, that's vital, which obviously preaching the word faithfully is vital and Mm -hmm. even trying to do it well and compellingly is important. Um, You know, good music, good structure for small groups, yada, yada, yada. Like, I want to make sure all that checks out. I think a lot of times that's where we first go. But, like, low on the list can sometimes be, and also I want to find pastors who are setting me a good example mm-hmm. on how to live, mm-hmm. right? Um, I tell our new members that in our new member class. It's the text from Hebrews that I can't really recall well right now. But I tell them, I say, you should demand 
that the pastors at our church and the elders at our church set you an example. Mm -hmm. And if you see clearly where maybe the elders are out of line and not walking according to the word, Mm -hmm. you should know, okay, that's, that's falling below the standard, Mm -hmm. you know, and that should be talked about, you know, like get coffee, uh, with the elder or something to talk about whatever you might see, you know? Um, so I think that's, that's, uh, helpful. Yeah. And, and, and I think that helps like, just to put it in just very like, understandable terms like we are yes we're pastors um but foundationally we're members of this church right and so i think just showing other members how we be good members yeah um and so even the weeks i don't preach i'm like i still come ready to participate on sundays ready to pray alongside with whoever's leading in prayer ready to um you know follow along in the word and Mm -hmm. like receive like yes i'm the primary teaching pastor at our church um, but you know, like here, the weeks that Jeff doesn't preach, he still comes and says like, God ordained Colin to be preaching this morning and this word is for me. And so I'm going to come to church ready. And when, when he's engaged, I think he's setting that model, mm-hmm. I think for, um, your church members to see and go, Oh, okay. So it's not just a job. Like yeah. he has found like primarily a member of our church who then serves in this area by leading us. If that makes sense. Dude, when I was on paternity leave, uh, I came to Redeemer. I got to come to Redeemer, I think, once. I can't remember what the, the schedule was, but finally we, we had our feet under us. This was like a couple weeks after or something. Uh, and came to church with the boys, got donuts with them, mm-hmm. came to church. I didn't, dude, sat in the back, had nothing to do. I set the model for coming to church and doing nothing. Mm-hmm. But it was, dude, is the best Sunday. Mm-hmm. Best Sunday. Like nothing to do, but just re- like come, worship, mm-hmm. receive. Uh Dude, had a hard time figuring out when to get to church. Mm. Church starts at 10, and I truly, I was like, I can't, I am trying to do calculus right now to figure out, like, when should we get donuts, and when do we arrive to make sure, like, I get the seat I want? Because you're used to just getting here at, like, Dude, 7 or yeah, 8. yeah, I yeah, never, yeah. years, so years funny. and years of never thinking about when should I get to church to make sure I get the seat I wanted? Especially in the back row. Because what seat I did I want? The front. No the one ever back sits in, row, yeah, dude. Yeah. I was like, how? when do I get there to make yeah. sure the back row is open? So we make, just on that, we make the most uncomfortable chairs in our church, the back row, so that people have to sit more Push forward. people so forward. We also just don't have a lot of cushion chairs. So I'm like, the Genius. folding chairs are in the back. You could also just take the chairs out. You could just, they could show up and there could be no back row. That's true. Well, there will there will always be a back row, even if it's one row. Well, that's the back row. That's nobody nobody hey. actually knows uh, if that's true. So, all right, next question. I texted you uh, as a as a young pastor. Is there anything uh, you thought was valuable and important, even vital, that you now realize uh, is not even all that important? And maybe how did that affect the church body? I've got a host of things. I think cool. Yeah, it was funny. When you texted me this, I was more thinking, I know a lot of things that I didn't think were important and then I thought were important. Um, I think on the pastoring thing, like coming from another church that, you know, had just, you know, every church has traditions, not like in the Catholic sense, but just, you know, you have practices mm-hmm. and just norms and stuff. And so I think starting your own church, you you kind of go, okay, biblically, what are we supposed to do? We had a lot of inexperience on our elder team, qualified men. Um, but we were all just like, oh, okay, what does scripture call us to do? So I think that kind of helped us reprogram. But um, I think the one thing I thought of when you texted me that was just how smoothly things go. Um, yeah. the, the church that, you know, I either grew up going to or went to during college or wh- whatever was just very, you know, make sure people know when to go on stage and when not yeah, to. Yeah. And when, I mean, even like lighting cues and all yeah. that stuff. Um, and 
you know, I'm not saying we shouldn't try to be excellent and we should, sure. you know, purposefully sing off pitch and stuff, but um, like giving attention to what matters. So if, if we're praying in church, you know, I always tell our church, I'm like, I don't pray to transition people on off stage. Like we're, we're coming right. to God and we're talking like, I don't, I even told our church this last week, I go, I need to be careful not to throw in extra points that didn't make the sermon into a prayer. Like that's not, mm-hmm. that's, it's, it's almost like irreverent to the Lord to try to preach to my people when I should be talking to him, mm-hmm. which is way more important. Um, and so that makes things clunkier. And so um, sometimes people will come to our church and, and see like just things that aren't as smooth. It's not a polished product, yeah, yeah. right? Um, like our, our building's old. And so during like lightning storms, or, like our power has just straight up gone out. Mm-hmm. And our, it's hilarious. Our church people know, yeah, you just pull your phone out. Everyone turns their flashlight on. It pretty much lights up our room. <laughs> Um, I say whatever song we're singing, they'll find it on Google and we'll just keep singing. Um, or I'll just keep preaching. I'll pull my flashlight out and, and, uh, we'll just keep going. Um, because I think something that I've transitioned from is, is church is not a product to be consumed, but a people to be loved and to be joined, like to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's probably my big one that I think has helped our people also understand then, oh, okay. Yeah. It's not just a thing I come consume, but it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm part of this. Mm -hmm. I'm the church. I get to be, like, I come to participate. Yeah. I come to be a part of this thing. It's not just a thing that, you know, some pastors we pay put on for us. Yeah. That's big for me, too. And I wonder if some of that's our, our church background. I mean, you came from a big church back at home, right? Kind, kind of. I grew up in a, three different churches. Okay. Over the One was a, a, an, a an EPC church. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty much PCA, but... Um, they were just part of the EPC. Yeah. Um, and then one was a Southern Baptist church and then one was like a, like a mega church. That's right, dude. You came, I came, I was a whole mix, but, but the school, the, the Christian school I went to was like very like reformed. Like we did Westminster first grade. Yeah. We were, you know, that's right. Um, yeah. And then you've forsaken it all, uh, to the, (laughs) (laughs) not, not all of it, just like two or three doctrines. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, well, what I was going to say was like, I came, I grew up, in churches that that did a good job on Sunday in terms of the production, whether yeah. it's the stage and all this kind of stuff, right? Kind of that that mainstream evangelical world, you know, of like big stage, big music, uh, good transitions, mm-hmm. you know, it's this kind of polished thing, right? Um, and not that it's even their intention to create this product, but I think that, that, that one of the implications is it becomes one. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that's what um, early on... Um, I don't know. I've, I've been in, I don't know. I've been in different places, but I agree is what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. is that I agree that, that sometimes trying to make everything perfect and this has to all go well and yada, yada, yada. And then realizing honestly, regardless of size, like you can be a 50 member church mm-hmm. and a thousand member church, but still have the same like ethos of, mm-hmm. Hey, we're a family getting together. Mm-hmm. If the power goes out, the power goes out. Yeah. Like we, we should be able to figure this out. Yeah. And still have a really good, meaningful experience. Yeah. And I think it's a bad sign if the power goes out and like, oh, everything like, oh, no. Right. Like everything's destroyed. No, like the power went out. Like yeah. we're just the church gathering. We'll Life figure it on. out. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I think like, I've, I've even experienced this. Uh, I help guests preach sometimes at a PCA church that is smaller. And, you know, it's um, a, it's a piano for music. And literally the guest preacher helps lead music. Mm-hmm. And um, and most people don't know this, but I sound very similar to like Luke Combs and okay. Morgan Wallen and stuff okay. when I sing. Okay. 
Uh, no, I'm just kidding. So I have to like help lead the music, you know, but I love, so I stand up there like with a hymnal yeah. singing hymns. I've never, yeah. I have no idea what they yeah. are. Uh, but I love it, dude. I love it because it's like, yeah, this is, this is, this is where God's at work right now. Yeah. This small church, right. little to no production. I'm yeah. not mic'd up. Right. Um, but, but you know, God's word is going out. They're taking the Lord's supper. They're mm-hmm. singing, they're praying like, and it, and it kind of resets me Yeah. of like, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, and not to knock the, the, you know, the, the churches that do all the production and everything, sure. but I'm like, if, if we're called to encourage one another in Psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, then I'm like, I want, I want, I want, I want you to be able to hear me and I, I be able to hear you. Yeah. Sure. Um, if we're supposed to, you know, together when we come to Lord's table every Sunday, um, we, we need to see the other, like we're all a part of this together. And, you know, just the, yeah. I think the togetherness of it can be lost if it's, if it's a, uh, a thing we consume yeah. rather than like a, a, a body in which we join and yeah. be a part of. Yeah. 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 I think, it, yeah. A- anyway, a ton could be said there, but I, I agree with you that, yep. that early on thinking this is important and then realizing like, it's not important. It's not important. Or there's aspects that are important. Like we've, for sure. years at Redeemer, we've always had mic problems, and it's so annoying because it's like distracting. Sure, and it gets to the principle of like, yeah, we don't want to distract. Yeah, you don't want to be distracting. We got to have a stage so right. people can actually see the person right. preaching. Right. You know, it's like there's you have lights, you have yeah. microphones, yeah, but you want the only stumbling block to be the cross. Yeah, we can even dim our lights so that if we want the Holy Spirit to show up, we'll dim them. That's pretty cool. And then we know, we know, we don't have that. Maybe that's why the Holy Spirit's here and not on the other side of Panther Way. Yeah, you okay. just got to get dimmers, Home Depot, three ninety nine. Okay. Cool. Um, all right, last question. Last question was, how can church members be most encouraging to you as a pastor? Mm-hmm. What things do your church members do, or at least you know they're doing them, um, or they, it's actually an actual interaction with you, or you see it happening in the church that's most encouraging to you? Okay. Most encouraging. Um, I I will plug a book. I I'm not plugging my book. I would oh, I would hate to be one of those guys. But um, you you have a book? There, no 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 no. I don't have a book. Okay okay okay. But if I did, this would be where I plug. No, I'm kidding. God. Uh, <laughs> so a guy named Peter Orr wrote a short little tiny like seventy page small short book um, called Fight for Your Pastor, not Fight Your Pastor. I know you might like that because you're into yeah. fighting people. Um, <laughs> well, you know, like well. So Colin does jujitsu with one of our, our elders at our church and oh, they like fighting. So shoot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it okay that I just said Robert. That? Okay. Robert. Man. Is that allowed to be on the podcast? He gets the better of me 100% yeah. of the time. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, it's 90% not called... 90% of the time he gets the better of me and the other 10% of the time he destroys me. Yeah. So it's not called fight your pastor. It's called fight for your pastor. Yeah. And it's just ways to kind of just think through like how to pray for your pastor, how to encourage your pastor. I think Ray Ortland says like, there's no such thing as an over-encouraged pastor, um, you know. But I've also learned, like, helping people understand how to encourage me. Um, I like critical feedback. Um, I don't like it on Sunday. Yeah, geez. I, I, I'm like, yeah. hey, wait at least 24 hours yeah. and then hit me with it. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, people, like, yeah, I, I think of members that love um, to take me out to lunch Um Yes, it's great when people treat me. I mean, that's awesome. But yeah. um, 
I feel like a lot of times when we go out to lunch with people, we're the ones asking the questions and we're talking about the other person. Dude, yeah. And so it's really sweet. I have a couple members at our church who, who will ask me questions and like, not just like a, Hey Michael, how are you doing? And then here's what I want to talk about. But they're like genuinely interested in how I'm doing yeah. um, and asking for ways to pray for me. And um, I remember one time I, I mentioned either in a sermon or in a lunch with, with one of our members that um, I said, yes, yeah, Sundays are just hard for me, you know, cause I kind of replay in my brain things I said or things I did or however service went and kind of get down on myself. And, you know, he said, well, every night we pray for different missionaries. And so we'll pray for you and your family every Sunday. Um, and I think something like that is, is super helpful. Yeah. Um, then I'm like, you're asking the Lord to do things in my heart on mm-hmm. Sunday night. Um, that when, when I'm weak and vulnerable, like the Lord alone can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, or I think of another, another member has me and my wife and our kids and our other elder and his wife and his kids over every Tuesday for tacos. Um, and it's just like, so last night we just, that's where we go. We get a kickback mm-hmm. and just kind of be ourselves. Some of our best friends in the world. Um, so just serving us in, yeah. in various ways. Um, or I, I went out to coffee with another member and then, uh, it was the first time he ever went to comic. He just moved here from California, like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's the first time he ever went to common grounds. He was like, I love this place. Then shows up to church with a $50 common grounds gift card. And he was like, here you go. Shoot. Go enjoy. Um, which I get like black coffee. So that's like 10 Shoot. different things yeah. I can get there. Um, and so just little things like that. I mean, people, um, volunteering to babysit our kids so that we can have a date night. Um, just little things like that I think are, are super helpful. Um, so yes, words are great, but every pastor has their own love languages mm-hmm. um, that are awesome. I love gifts. So whenever people buy me gifts, I'm like, heck yeah, bring it yeah, on. Yeah. Um, I think there's something, I don't necessarily know what it is, but there is something about, I think, being in ministry where... I don't know if it's that people sometimes in the church, church members assume that their pastors are doing great. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like he's the leader of prayer. So he must be doing great. He's mm-hmm. the leader of preaching the word and administering the sacraments mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Like he must be doing awesome. He must be overflowing to the point that like, I could definitely come up to him right after the sermon and tell him about like all the things I need, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. how I need him to change this part in his sermon and I need him to change this. And can we stop singing that song? And mm-hmm. Hey, have we thought about doing that, you know, and you're just like, um, and I wonder if people, you know, if it was, if it, if it, we see by uh, behind the curtain, you know, like we mm-hmm. know that that's not true, mm-hmm. you know? And I think a lot of times it's just that, that I know what's most encouraging for me is kind of what you're saying, especially when you talked about people, like if they ask me questions, that's always very quickly encouraging to me. Oh, yeah. I'm even thinking about some of our specific elders yeah. uh, that, you know, on Sunday or, or whenever they see me, I know that they are genuinely interested in like, how yeah. are you doing? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. You know, like they're, they're in it and it lifts my spirit, yeah. you know, and even got, have good friends in the church. Like we've got like wonderful people here and I know you do at Grace um, that even just that little bit of like, you know, hey, I know, Pastor, that you're here to check on me, mm-hmm. but also, like, Are I you know good? that yeah. you need me. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, dude, I do. Yeah. I need good friends. Yeah. I need pastors. Yeah. I need people to be like, how are you? What's yeah. going on? You need anything? Yeah. I need people to come up and go, hey, here's $5,000 cash in unmarked sure. bills. Sure. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that yeah. can't be yeah. traced. Yeah. I need that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I know. But, I mean, that's something, like, Michelle and I talk about a lot, because Michelle's a really good listener, really good question asker. Um, and she's like, no one asks questions, period, let alone to leaders. Um, cause we're always the ones doing it. Yeah. Like we're, you know, again, 
it's it's that mentality that we can easily drift into of of pastors provide a service yeah, and yeah, not yeah. like we're members in this together. And right. so some of that too is just me having to open myself up vulnerably to people. Um, but and then another thing when you were talking, I thought of um, specifically. I think after sermons, like I said, encouragement, save the criticism for Monday or Tuesday or never. Or yeah, um, I, my rule on criticism <laughs> of sermons is 365. 365 days. A you year, have to you wait. Don't want them? Okay. Yeah, you have to wait yeah. 365 days. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it's helpful because if something goes wrong on a Sunday, a lot of times I'm like, uh oh, the slides are up late, or oh, this lights out, or whatever. I don't make a note of it, and then if I still remember it Monday, then I go, okay. Not only is it still important enough that I remembered it the next day, because I have a bunch of things. Like yeah. I have AD, ADD. It just goes through my brain all the time. But then the second thing is I will probably approach it with a lot more grace a day after. Yeah, for sure. Um, and for so, sure. But I was going to say on, on encouraging your pastor after they preach, not just, hey, pastor, great word. Hey, that was awesome. Um, sometimes it's really nice to go, you know, man, I've really been working through blank. And when you explain this from scripture the lord really was like just through his word really right spoke to me and confirmed right. in me whether it's a sin that's being convicted of or just a truth that you're like i've just been trying to beat in my head and i just I, you know i believe yeah. how my like just things like that that um really encourage me because then yeah. i'm like oh yeah the word like i know god's word doesn't return void but it's it's nice to see oh, or dude. hear it um you work on it all week right you work right. on a sermon all week yeah and then if you kind of hear nothing, and he, even just, even some of the, like, I like even what you're saying of, even sometimes of just like, hey, it was a great word. You're kind of like, okay. What does that mean? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you thought the sermon sucked and you're just being nice. Right. But yeah, especially when someone's like, dude, when you said this, yeah. like it hit me. Yeah. It made this super clear. It, yeah. Right. You go like, oh, shoot. Okay. That, all that work, like yeah. alone. Right. Uh, all week was worth it. Yeah. And those compliments are, are less like, dude, Colin, you wrote an amazing sermon. Right, it was structured right. brilliantly and illustrated perfectly, but it was more like those compliments yeah. I feel like is, is more like, Hey, the Lord used that for me. And so that can't even puff up my pride in that sense, because yep. like, you're not, again, there's no such thing as an over-encouraged pastor. And when you encourage somebody rightly and God is using you, that's not going to puff me up because it's yeah. still God using me. Yeah, I think too, this is the last thing I'll say, and then we can wrap up. I've thought about, this is something I'm, I'm actively thinking about, and who knows if this will come out clear, mm-hmm. but obviously there's a lot of um, ways you can measure business. Obviously, one of the biggest ones is money. Like, if my business is successful, I'm bringing in money, mm-hmm. I'm making profit. And you can measure that day to day. One thing that I've learned, and honestly, it's really hard in ministry, is that there are not near as many, um, the word's escaping me, but like measurements. There's not as many things. Metrics. There it is. There's not as many metrics to know. Yes. And and I I mean that even like year to year, like let alone week to week. And so I've learned one of the hardest things in ministry for me is like, if someone were to be like, how's Redeemer doing? It's like, dude what metrics are you using yeah. as you ask that, yeah. you know, yeah. because our attendance could be plummeting, but that could be a good sign, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or our attendance could be growing and that's a good sign. And right. uh, it's like, and, and that can be very wearing because yeah. you're just like, it's sometimes it can be like watching paint dry. Right. You're like, is it wet? Is it dry? Is it the right color? Yeah. What am I doing? You know? Yeah. Um, and so just little words of encouragement can go, Oh, Oh, sh- okay. Boom. Right. Like it worked. Yeah. The word worked. God's right. at work. There it is. 
Right. Thank God. Okay, yeah. now I'll wake up tomorrow and keep doing this. Mm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's um, good. I, I anyway. I think being encouraged in, in faithfulness too is is really. I don't know. I just I love like uh, somebody sent me a text this past week. Hey, I just love your faithfulness and and that you've done this so faithfully for five years or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, there was a book Kent Hughes. I think he's retired, but he's a PCA pastor up, in, I think, in Chicago area, maybe. Yeah. Um, but he it's called "Liberating from the F- Liberating Ministry from the Success Syndrome," and he basically got to a breaking point where he was like, right, right. "All the metrics, I feel like I failed at," and so I kind of had to go through the Bible and find out how does God define success, and it was none of the ways I was looking to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I was like, "Oh, that's like that's how I can help encourage even Christians in their walk." Um, is, hey, I see your faithfulness. Mm-hmm. I, I love that you encourage me in, in God's word. I love, you know, those type of things. Yeah. I think, um, you know, that I said that the, the other thing was the last thing I'll say, but this truly is. I think, too, I've thought more and more about going, you know, what would be like a metric of success for a church, especially like if I planted a church? And, you know, one of the best things someone could potentially tell me is like, hey, man, um, I saw into the future and this church you're pastoring is still here. And preaching the gospel. 500 years from now, yep. preaching the word. Yeah. Right? Because yep. in 500 years, nobody's going to give a rip. Nope. If the lights were off during music, if you had a smoke machine, if your transitions were good. Or even who, who you were. Who, who, they're not going to know who you were. Yeah. But if someone was like, the the church is still there, you know, maybe new building, same building, whatever. But like Redeemer Waco is still there, you know, in 2,523. It'd be like, heck yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, anyway, all right. I think that's enough for today. I think this is helpful, encouraging, hopefully, uh, to young pastors. Uh, and if we didn't help, just ask way. Jeff, cause he knows a lot more than probably both of us combined. Yeah. And you know what? If we didn't you get what you paid for. That's right. All right.